We are in our series entitled The Basics, and we talked about some of the basics last week about that four of, four of these basic things, and I'm talking about the fourth one today. We talked last week about, about being born again, that you must be born again, and then, then we talked about changing your thinking, the, how vital it is to change your thinking. You know what's you know difficult? This is difficult. <clears throat> more and more people today, and, and I was one of those, and many of you were one of those, more and more people today are not being raised in the Word and in church. More and more people today that we come in contact with have no understanding of God. So what happened is, what's happened is, people are born and they come into the world and they learn all about what they think life is. And so they got this head full of knowledge about what they think life is. And then they come into the kingdom of God and then now you live your life uh, renewing your minds to think like God and kind of not necessarily do away with all the knowledge you have, but tweak it and redevelop it and get it to fit with what the Word says. And that's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to, to train people um, to understand what the renewing of the mind process is. It's actually... It's actually what the Bible defines it is soul salvation. It's your soul, your mind, will, and emotions being saved every day, being renewed every day, being watered every day, being strengthened every day, extracting wrong thinking and, and then reapplying new thinking. It's a a day-to-day process, and it's it's very difficult to get people to understand that because it's a process. And I don't know if you've noticed lately, but lots of people don't like processes, right? We want it now. We want things done and fixed now. Anybody ever been to uh, Saltgrass Steakhouse? Raise your hand if you've ever been to the Saltgrass. Wow! 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 Somebody take, took me to a. Uh, I went to a steakhouse when I was in Virginia Beach a few years back, and <clears throat> I won't mention that. You'll know the name of it. But I won't mention it. They said, "Man, it's the best steak you've ever eaten." And I ate that steak. And I said, "No, it didn't. <laughs> no, saltgrass. Saltgrass." So <clears throat> I found out why that steak is so good. Because they don't just cut a piece of meat, throw it on the grill. I mean, there's a marinating process that goes into that, those steaks being the way that they are. It makes my, my jaws tight right now just thinking about that steak. Oh, that steak is good. Ooh. But you don't get good without marination. You don't get to where you're supposed to be without the process, where it really works. Anybody ever eaten a bad steak? (laughs) 
Makes me want to take the steak and throw it at the person that served it. <laughs> Not really, but <clears throat> thought that several times. We, we want our lives to be like a saltgrass steak. Marinated, gone through the process, done what we need to do so that it works for us. And that's why our minds have to be renewed, as we talked about last week. And in the renewing process, we begin to discern the different voices that are out there that want to tell us things that are not true. Everybody say voices. There's many voices, but there's only real one voice. There's only really one voice that has the answers. All the other voices are lies. And if your mind isn't renewed, then you think when a voice comes and tells you, well, you know, that person meant that. But what does the Holy Spirit say? No, they really didn't mean that. They don't even really mean, they don't even really realize what they did. I, I, I've, been, I've been really surprised in the last few years how many situations that I've not lost sleep over because of the peace that the Holy Spirit has brought to me about a situation that my mind said one thing, but, but the voice of the Spirit said something else. And then I didn't have to go and try to figure it all out and talk to 15 people and do all this kind of stuff. I, I was able to settle it inside of me, and by faith I trusted that what God said was more real than what my mind tried to deceive me into thinking was real. You know how many situations like that come across your path every single day? That's why our minds need to be renewed. Number one, we need to be born again. But it's why our minds need to be in a constant renewing process. And then in the process of that, learning how to take the word that is being renewed in our minds and let it speak to us so we know the voice of the Spirit of God. And the fourth thing that we're going to talk about today is in all of that process, what is developed is true faith. Everybody say true faith. So, I want to give you this statement. They might have it on the board. I, I, I don't know if I gave it to them or not. But uh, I, I, I want, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want, I want to give you enough time to think about this and kind of meditate on it for a second. Um, and I want, to, I want to give you this, and then I want to, then I want to bring the word. <clears throat> Through faith... The unrealities of hope become true realities. Did I give you that last week? I didn't tell you that last week. Through faith, the unrealities of hope become true realities. Now, the word reality is defined in a couple of different ways. But I like this definition of reality. It's a thing that exists in fact, having previously only existed in one's mind. A thing that exists in fact, having previously only existed in one's mind. A thing that exists in fact having previously only existed in one's mind. And then, and then another little piece of the definition is the state or quality of having existence or substance. 
the state or quality of having existence or substance. So, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for, the evidence of the thing you don't see yet. That's what faith is. So the renewing process takes, as, as I read here a moment ago, that definition, it takes the unrealities of hope to bring them to true reality. And, and, and okay, so reality, again, if you take a different word, reality is the real world. It's what's real, okay? So, faith says, we're going to learn, and this is this whole process that I was talking about that's difficult. Because however long you existed without God, you were taught, if you, if you were not taught by God, then you were taught that what you see is real. So, if you're someone that has come from poverty and you're living in poverty today, then the reality of living outside of poverty is not real. The real world is I'm in poverty and I'll be in poverty for the rest of my life. When you start renewing your mind and seeing things from the Word of God, and I'm just using poverty as an example, and yet you've come from a poverty background, and you hear things like that, you're, you're hearing it, but your head's saying, there's no way. See, the voices are saying, there's no way you're going to be this way for the rest of your life. Those people are good. God loves them, but he doesn't love you because you made all these mistakes, and it's because of your mistakes that you're poor, and you'll be poor for the rest of your life or whatever the issue is. Do you hear me? And he will lie to you, and he'll tell you that. That's why, see, reality to you is different than another person, but it's real to you. And if you think you're poor, no matter what anybody else tells you, then you're poor, and you will remain poor for the rest of your life. Only the Word of God can extract from your thinking those lies, because God never made a poor man. God made everybody, as my wife said, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. He created you and me that way, everybody. And one's, one's financial condition today, how much money you have, how much property you own, how, how many things that you, possessions that you have versus the next person has nothing to do with prosperity. Prosperity is all about people advancing. Not staying the same. Not staying in the same boat that you came out of. Old things are passed away and behold, everything is brand new. But we can't accomplish that without faith. Amen? So, I want you to think about, through faith, the unrealities of hope become true realities. And how do we do that? I, wanna, I just want to go through a few verses of Scripture. Everybody say, absolute. Okay? There are, I'm, I'm starting to count, I'm up to about 140 absolutes in Scripture. I, I know I haven't found them all. 
but I'm up uh, past 140 right now, of the absolutes that are in Scripture. And, and, and I'm going to read to you certain things that are absolutes through faith. See, how do we get to a place of faith? We become born again, we become convinced that we must renew our minds, and we become convinced that we have to hear the Spirit of God. And as a result of that, what is being established all along is a life of faith, and we come to a place where we learn to walk by faith. Amen? Now, all these verses of Scripture that I'm going to read are absolutes. Look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Let me just give you an example of faith, okay? Every time I come up here, every time I'm up here and I'm reading Scripture and my glasses are in my pocket, Every time I reach for my glasses to read the Scripture, the first thing I think about is by His stripes, my eyes are healed and they're restored. It comes to me. I don't say it to you every time, but that's what comes to me. I'm restored. My eyes are restored. They're strong. Yeah, but Pastor, you're wearing your glasses. Doesn't matter. I'm healed. I'm going to wear them because I have the peace to wear them but I'm, I'm not going to allow them to be a crutch to not live by faith. Everybody say amen. Okay. How many people have glasses today? Okay, good. We're all in the same boat. But I, what I'm encouraging you to do is speak over your eyes. Speak over your eyes. What will happen? As you renew your mind, what's happening is the unrealities that, you know what? Ah, you get older and your eyes just get bad and you wear glasses and that's just the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way. See, that's what we've been taught. That's the old way. See, but what the Word says is, watch this. This is what the Word says. Mark 9, 23. Here's an absolute. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. How many things? Everything but glasses. No. No. Everything but my finances. No. All things are possible to them that what? Believe. So what do you have to do to believe? Number one, in the, in the believing that we're talking about here, you have to be born again. You have to be in the marinating process of renewing your mind so that you can become a saltgrass steak instead of a that steak. And that you begin to believe that you can hear the voice of God and be confident that you're hearing that voice because there's tons of other voices. And where you learn to know what was the voice of God and what wasn't is when a voice says something that goes contrary to this. But if you don't know this because you're not in the renewing, marinating process, then you're not going to know the difference. Well, you just never know. Hey, I don't know about all that speaking over your eyes kind of thing. Well, I mean, I was there once. I know. I mean, I heard people talk about that kind of thing and think they're nuts. You know, I was there. 
but not, not today, not when I do this and that's what comes to me, the voice of the Lord. Remember, your eyes are healed. Your eyes are healed. That's not just for me. What if someone else comes to me and, or, or, or comes to you and, and they're struggling with their eyes? If you wear glasses, are you not going to encourage someone because you wear glasses? I'm not moved by these. And I'm not intimidated and I'm not taking a back seat. My eyes are healed in Jesus' name even when I have to wear these. Actually, my eyes are getting stronger all the time. And, and what I'm learning to do is be obedient when I need to wear them just to have a little bit of strength but don't use them as a crutch to wear them all the time. They're getting stronger all the time. The last time I got my driver's license, I think it's renewed. <laughs> no, but the last time I got it, my driver's license renewed, I didn't, no, no, no. No, it wasn't. It was two times ago because I didn't, I did it through the mail the last time. But the time before that, I had to get, I had to get my, and I, or I had to use my glasses to get my driver's license. And, and what I'm expecting is when, when I, when I have to get my, what year is this? 14, 15, in 16, when I get my driver's license renewed, what I'm expecting is I can do the driver's test without these. I mean, I got, got a year and a half to go, right? And, and I'm expecting to not have to use these. I mean, that, that's a good goal, right? Well, that goal came from the inside of me. It's not like I'm, I'm putting a fleece out there or trying to, you know, maybe hope that this is going to... No, no, no. No, the unrealities of hope have become a reality to me that I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And if I'm healed in my body, then my eyes are well because my eyes are part of my body, right? So that's my expectation. How many can agree with me? Right. So any two agree, so that means that it's done, right? All things are possible to those who believe. If one is powerful, what about two? Any two. If two, what about three? Five. It just increases and increases when people really believe. You know what? I release my faith for every person out there that that's what your faith is. And as your faith is growing, that's what your faith is where your eyes are concerned. Okay? So we're going we're, we're to see victory where our eyes are concerned. I just, it's just something really big to me. And, and I'm not making a big deal out of it just for no reason. It's what I've heard. So my eyes are strong in Jesus' name. Amen? I'm healed by faith in Jesus Christ, and I believe that. And he said all things are possible to those who believe. An absolute. Um, so what's really important to me is that I know what faith is, but I also know what faith looks like. All right? So I, I, I want to give you a, th a number of things I want to give you eight scriptures for you to think about in regards to faith. Number one, it's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, says that we are saved by faith. If you're taking notes, go, you can go look at those. We are saved by faith. Number two, out of Hebrews 10 and verse 38, it says we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Number three, out of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight is what the scripture says. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. Number four, found in 1 Timothy 
we fight the good fight of faith. There's a fight for faith. And, and where is that fight? It's in that marinating process. That's where the, faith, that's where the fight is. See, if the, enemy, if the enemy can keep you where you've been in your thinking, then you're not progressing into where you're going, and he has you. He really doesn't, the devil really doesn't care whether you're saved or not, whether you go to heaven or not. That's really not his issue. What his whole thing is, is that you live defeated here. Not knowing who you are and not knowing what faith looks like. Faith has a tangible presence to it. You, you, when, when you have walked by faith in a certain area and you have stepped out and you've seen something work, there, it, it's like... It's like what you would think, I've never won the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or I've never won the Masters or I've never won those kind of things in the natural. But what it looks like those people are going through, when you step out in faith and you believe God for something and it happens, that's the feeling you get. How many can testify to that? When you've really stepped out and you believe for something and it happens. So, so that's what faith looks like. When you're looking at the results of, of, of the marinating process that you went through, that you purposed to go through, that you were willing to be patient to go through and allow it to take its full course, and you come to the end of it and you see the manifestation, that's what faith looks like. And we need to be reminded. There's a, there's a verse of Scripture in... Um, I, I want to I turn and look at that because I want you to see it. In 1 Peter 1... And it says, and this is what you need to do with yourself all the time. I do this with you all the time, but you need to do it for yourself. First Peter, uh, First Peter, is that right? First Peter 1, yeah. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which an angels desire to look unto. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. That's not, the right, that's not right. Well, that's a good verse anyway. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, and so on and so on. But this is the verse I'm looking for. He said, it's, I, actually, I think it's farther down, but this is what he says. As long as I'm in this earthly body, Peter said, as long as I'm in this earthly body, I will stir you up in remembrance of the things that you think you know. You need to be constantly stirring yourself up in remembrance of the things that you think you know and stirring yourself up in remembrance of the things that you know have happened and have manifested on your behalf to remind you that if it happened once, it'll happen again through the same marinating process. See, no matter how, how well adjusted you get to this life, you, you never want to be away from faith. 
No matter how much money you ever get, if you struggle for a period of time in your life and and you came to a place where where you got free of of financial struggles and way on top and, and living in total abundance, you never want to find yourself being away from faith. It's just the processes will be different. So when you've gained victory, and, 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 and we, humanity, has a tendency to do this, when you're victorious in one area and you kind of have a handle on it, you want to hide in that area. And there's other areas that you need to step out in faith and believe God for. You may have, you may have victory financially, but you're struggling where your body is concerned. And, and just because you got one victory here doesn't mean that the other things will just automatically work. That's where we, we get deceived. That's where the world tries to tell us those kind of things. A lot of times when people have, when people have, hello, breaker one nine. Am I dead? Am I gone? Now? How about this one? Yeah. Which one is that? This or this? Okay. A lot of times what will happen is in, in the financial realm, people will ha- have some security there financially and they'll hide behind that. And, and you don't want you, you don't want to ever be away from faith. And what will happen is when you hear in the voice of God, he will lead you into new realms of faith where you've got to reach out and believe him for so that you keep that faith development working. We never want to get stale in our faith, and the tendency is to do that. So reminding and and continuing to be reminded of the fact that we walk by faith was, I think, the last one we mentioned. Well, and that we fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.12. Then... The fifth one is we speak the word of faith, Romans 10.8. We speak the word of faith. Romans says that, Romans 10.17 says, and faith comes by hearing, and then hearing comes by the word of God. So we hear the word, but when we do something with it and we, uh, we put ourselves in that in that in that marinating process, that developing process, then what happens is we begin to hear the word of faith. We begin to hear from God, from the Holy Spirit, and when we hear from Him and He tells us what to do is we step out in that, amazing things begin to happen. But it's, but it's the walk of faith, it's the stepping out in faith as a result of the word of faith. We speak the word of faith. We declare by faith what the word of God says. Number six, we pray the prayer of faith, James 5.15. You can't call something faith that's not faith. You, you, when you're still in the process and, and, and unbelief is, is rattling you because of things that you're moved by, you, you just have to stay in the process. That's why people think that God doesn't work because they prayed a prayer of desperation and called it faith, and it didn't work. Did you hear what I said? They prayed a prayer of desperation. Out of desperation, they prayed a certain prayer, and it didn't work, so then God doesn't work. But the Bible says when you pray the prayer of faith, it works. Every single time Jesus spoke what the Father told him to speak, he got the, he got the desired results every single time. Why? Because after 30 years of development and faithfulness and being under authority and doing the things that were asked of him, 
after 30 years and the power of the Holy Spirit came on him, he was ready to do the job. Yeah, but he was God. Yeah, he, he was God, but he was all man. And he was our perfect example. And if he can do it, we can do it. That's what he said. He said, we're joint heirs with him to do and follow in his footsteps and accomplish those same things. So you and I, according to the word, we can pray the prayer of faith and get the same results. But, but, not, but not calling something the prayer of faith when it's really a prayer of unbelief or desperation or fear. You, you, you know where, where the apostles said, um, uh, actually, let's look at that verse. It's Mark 10. Maybe it's Mark 9. Man, I'm, I'm jumping all over these scriptures today. That's not it. Maybe it's Mark 5. Anyway, this is what it says. <clears throat> um, he said, it's in Mark 5. He said, if you can believe... He said, all things are possible to those that believe. He said that in Mark 9. But in Mark 5, it was about healing the man's son. And uh, he said, the man told Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now get this. Grab a hold of this. I believe, but help my unbelief. Now that sounds like to me, that he's kind of believing and he's kind of unbelieving. Right? How many ever been there? Everybody raise your hand. Whether you know you have or not, you have been. <clears throat> and most people that are, that are in the marinating stage about a specific thing are in that place. Okay? They're believing. You know, I believe, I believe, I believe, and, and they're confessing and believing this, and I, you know, I speak the word of God, and I'm this, and yeah, you're, you're okay, you're, you're developing it, you're, you're learning to renew your mind and change your thinking, but that doesn't mean you're in a place of faith. So in that prayer, when he said, Lord, help my unbelief, there's nothing wrong with that prayer when you're in that development stage. It's just that that prayer won't work necessarily when you're praying the prayer of faith. But that prayer will help in you getting to a place of being able to pray the prayer of faith about a specific thing, where you really believe it, where, you, where your head may be screaming out, but on the inside, you know that you know that you know that it's real. Amen? And in that developing process, as we continue to allow ourselves to remain there, is where faith gets established. We put our faith out for things. Maybe you don't see something come to pass. That's all right. Like my glasses. What if it's two years from now till my eyes are able to see clearly? To me, I already have it. And, and that's the reason I told you that. 
The reason I told you about the situation with my eyes and my glasses is because I already have it. That's faith. So now the unrealities maybe that were in my mind of hope that it's going to really come to pass, those things have been removed by the reality of hope in, by faith in Jesus Christ. So if I have faith in the fact that he overcame and my eyes are a part of that, and I've got it on the inside of me, nothing can talk me out of it. I'm telling you, nothing will talk you out of it. That's why we got to stay in this process and let this become real to us on a day-to-day basis. Can you say amen? What was that, number six? Number seven, we overcame the world by faith. 1 John 5, 4. We overcame the world by faith. And number eight, we take the shield of faith. Ephesians 6, 16. We take the shield of faith. And in taking the shield of faith, we're able to quench every dart every fiery thought of the enemy as, as he comes, every weapon that would be formed against you to, to bring you down and to destroy you and to discourage you, all of those things are caught in faith. And, and, and as your faith continues, you're able to move up in your expectation of what's going to happen. And here's, the, here's, to me, the key to your success. You begin to realize what faith is like when you're struggling in a certain area and you find yourself by faith stepping out and helping someone else. That's where the real test is. Because one of the real faith destroyers or the... or. or, or one of, one of the elements that cause, that stop the development of faith is you staying focused on yourself. I, I, I purpose all the time to call people. Every day, I call somebody just to see how someone is. You know, I'll get up in the morning and just pray, and I'll get people's names on my heart, and I'll call somebody. Or, I, I'm, or I, I may be in my office up here and maybe I'm battling things in my mind. I'll just get in my car and drive in the middle of town. I'll find somebody to start talking to. And the moment you start talking to people and people that are hurting especially, and you don't have to look too far to find people that are hurting, and you find somebody and you start talking to them, faith begins to arise on the inside of you. So the more we do for others, the more we find ourselves growing in faith ourselves. Instead of focusing on ourselves, trying to work situations out in our mind, it'll never work. All that stuff in your head, which is tied to the things of the past, trying to talk you out of believing the word and being moved by what you see. And not everybody, not everybody wants to adjust and, and begin to fabricate their life after this, this that we're talking about today. So many people, it, it, it takes more time and effort than people want to give to that. And the reason it's that way, it's not because people are bad or they're, or they're whatever. It's because we've been trained to live our lives a certain way and to start living by faith. Man, it's an uprooting of all kinds of different things. And it's uncomfortable, you know. I don't know that I want to do that. I don't know that I want to say all that. I don't know that I want to change my mindset necessarily. I'm comfortable with the way I live. Well, it's not going to change. Faith is not going to just activate because you read a couple of scriptures or you heard a word preached. 
I'm here today to preach the word to you, to encourage you, but you've got to do something with it. You've got to take the things we've talked about in these last couple of weeks, these basics that are so vital to your and my success, and you've got to do something with it. Day to day, you have to do something with it. Amen? Now, I want to read this verse, and then a couple others, and I'll be done. 1 John 5 and verse 1. 1 John 5 and 1. Whoever, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How many believe that Jesus is the Christ today? Amen? Okay. So you're born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him who has begotten of him. So, um, so whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And if you raised your hand and you're born of God, then verse 4 and 5 relate to you because you're born of God. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Okay? That's your position. That's what God has given you. That's what Jesus accomplished for you. You're, you he overcame the world, so you overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. It's your faith. And, and I've said this many times. I'll say it again to you. It, it's not my faith in my faith. It's my faith and confidence in the fact that his faith worked. <laughs> and if his faith worked, and he said, he said, in the world there's tribulation, but I've overcome the world, be a good cheer. So if he really did that, then I can be of good cheer. If, it, if in what he overcame, he healed me and delivered me and set me free, then I'm healed, delivered, and set free. See? So, so my faith has to be in really believing that what he did was enough. And if it was, then I can draw from that when I'm in times of need. That's what the marinating process reveals to you. He did it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I choose to believe the word. I choose not to believe the report of this, that, and the other. I choose to believe the report of what the word of God says is so for me. Amen? And you fill your mind with that, and you fill your ears with that. And you, and you begin to develop and, and restructure your world and your thinking around the Word of God. We begin to frame our world. We frame our world with the Word. So living in this world, when things are crumbling and falling apart, that doesn't mean that your world has to crumble and fall apart. Can you say amen? Just look at this one passage here. I'm going to give you four of them, but I'm just going to read one of them. Eeny, meeny, miny, let's see. Luke, Luke chapter 5. We'll read this one and I'll give you the other three. Just write these down if you're taking notes. Mark 5, 25 through 34. Mark 10, 46 through 52. And then we're on Luke 5, 17. And then Luke 17, 11 through 19. And they're all, all of, all of them are, are, are similar in what they say. And, but I like this one, Luke 5, what did I say? 17. <clears throat> now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men 
brought a bed, a, a, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20, when he, Jesus, saw there those men, their faith, he said to the man on the stretcher, he, Jesus, saw the faith of the men that were carrying him, and then he said to the man on the stretcher, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin reasoning, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to, rise, uh, to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Right? Faith is strange. But Jesus said, watch this. Let's say it was these five sitting right here that have brought someone in through the roof. And Jesus said, he said, he saw their faith. And as a result of their faith, he healed this man. The other three passages I gave you, it was their faith that made them whole. It was their faith. And in every one of those other three passages where their faith made them whole, man, they had been through some journeys. One of them was the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years, twelve years relating to the arm of the flesh, trying to figure things out. And finally she comes to him, if I can but touch the hem of your garment, I'll be made whole. He turned around and said, who touched me? Thousands of people thronging him and pushing him. Somebody with faith touched him. <laughs> Somebody who had been renewing their mind, meditating on what he said, hearing the voice of the Spirit of God. Somebody touched him with that kind of faith. But you know what? All of those people had issues, they had problems, they had struggles, they struggled to get to the place where they believed, all of that. So when you pray the prayer as you're in the marinating process, Lord, I believe. Lord, I really believe this. But I'm being hammered in my head with these thoughts telling me it's never going to work. I need help with my unbelief. You know what God says? Help has arrived. Because what you're saying is, I can't do it, but I don't want to jump ship and get out of the marination because huh? I want to be a saltgrass steak, right? I, I, I don't want to be, forgive me for saying that, I don't want to be a golden corral steak. Okay, sorry. I, I like golden corral. I just, their steaks are kind of rubbery. Anyway. So I don't want to be a golden corral steak. I want to be a saltgrass. So I don't want to jump ship and get out of the process because it's hard. But one day, one day, one day, one day, your ship will come in. Because God's faithful. And because God's true. And because when what you're doing becomes faith in God, 
when it becomes that, faith works. So all the times it's not worked, don't get discouraged. Just stay in, in, stay in the marination. Stay in, in the process. Stay in the, in the renewing process to be able to hear God to develop that faith so that what you pray becomes faith. And I'll just say this in closing that I'm just going to teach you, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this in the form of a little teaching about praying. Pray for other people. Speak the word over other people. Pray in the spirit for the good of others. Speak the word over yourself, okay? But don't find yourself just verbally trying to pray or whatever we want, because a lot of people have prayer mixed up in their minds. Don't spend a lot of time trying to get something to come to pass by, by forcing the issue in what we call prayer. We don't have to. Prayer of faith can be very calm and very just to the point because you believe. But stay in the confession and the praying in the spirit and praying for others and all those things. Stay in that process. Because what it does is it's equipping you in your mind to be able to declare the word and see things come to pass. My confession is for my mind renewal. My confession is not to try to change something. Specifically today. Okay, this thing's bad, so I'm going to confess 48 scriptures and that's going to change it. No, that's not the way the word works. I confess the word to change my thinking so that when I pray and I make declarations, I'm making it in faith because faith works. Presumption doesn't. I'm going to say it again. Faith works. Presumption doesn't. And the unrealities of hope become true realities because I stayed in the process. Can you say amen?